Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. Somewhere in the midst of everything that's been going on recently, I did the math and discovered that as of this year, I have had the joy and privilege of standing in a pulpit somewhere and preaching the gospel on 37 Easter Sundays. Wow. Now, not only did that make me suddenly profoundly aware of the passage of time, it also got me to thinking about how no matter the ways I've happened to plan for it, pastorally speaking at least, there is always much about our Easter Sunday worship and celebration that's a given. For instance, it's pretty much a given that there will be a few more in attendance on Easter Sunday than on any other Sunday throughout the year, which I know, that's the punchline for a whole lot of jokes. But for me, I need to tell you that this has always been a great thing and a unique opportunity for God's word and work to be proclaimed. I love it. Also, most years, there will be some sort of sunrise service in the wee hours of the morning, some a little more wee than others, and that there will be a few stalwart souls that will huddle together in the cold and attempt to hit the high notes of up from the grave he arose. In that regard, there's always going to be plenty of joy and exuberance in our worshiping together, with lots of upbeat music and inspired hymn singing and a great many alleluias shouted and sung throughout the day. And on Easter Sunday, there will almost always be beautiful and fragrant flowers spread throughout the sanctuary, as well as a whole bunch of kids running around in their new clothes, having perhaps already partaken of too much Easter candy and yet are very ready to go out and hunt for some more eggs after church. The best given of all, of course, is that Easter Sunday is the day of resurrection. And for that reason alone, Everything about the day, from choir anthems to unison prayers to the fellowship we share in our worship, it all just bursts forth with triumphant joy. Christ is risen indeed, and that shatters the commonplace of our lives. In the best possible sense, so much about Easter Sunday in the church has to do with raucous, noisy, triumphant celebration, and praise be to God for it. Now, of course, I hasten to add here that in all actuality, not every Easter Sunday unfolds exactly like that. I recall a few years, for instance, when a slow and steady spring rain, even once in the snow, put the kibosh to greeting any kind of Easter sunrise, leaving both pastor and people feeling more cold and soggy than celebrative. There was also the time when dozens of Easter lilies literally did not bloom leaving us with a sanctuary filled with nothing but stems. And this is to say nothing of our having just come off two years of a global pandemic, which forced us to do Easter worship remotely, which actually worked out very well. And I, for one, was very grateful for that technology. But still, it wasn't quite the same as our being together in the sanctuary for that celebration. And then there was, at least for me, this Easter. As our folks at East Church are aware, and as others among you may have heard, just a few days before Easter, right in the midst of our church's Holy Week observances, 
I tested positive for the COVID-19 virus, followed a couple of days later by my wife testing the same way, which of course meant that we both had to step away from any and all church activities, including leading worship on Easter Sunday morning. Now, at this point, I should let you know that Lisa and I are doing fine. We're feeling much, much better now. And moreover, what we experienced was far less severe than what others have gone through with COVID. That said, however, we were pretty sick for a few days, and the whole experience was, in a word, miserable. But if I'm being truthful, the worst part of all, at least for me personally, is that I had to miss Easter. I had to miss Easter. I mean, never mind the fact that this was the first Easter in three years that we were all going to be worshiping together in person in our sanctuary. Never mind that this year's celebration was shaping up to be incredibly joyful, and at least in my mind, much needed, given the current state of things in our world. I have to say that this particular Easter was something I really wanted, really needed to be a part of, speaking both pastorally and personally. But now here I was, forced to the COVID sidelines on Easter morning, feeling wholly left out of the celebration and, quite frankly, feeling a bit devoid of any sort of resurrection joy whatsoever. This was most definitely not how I was hoping Easter would go this year. But as the saying goes, it was what it was, and there wasn't much I could do about it except stay at home for what turned out to be a very uneventful Easter Sunday morning and let the virus run its course, which it did eventually. Oh well. Of course, what's interesting about all this is that when you think about it for a moment, for all of our talk about Easter celebration, the truth is, is that the very first day of resurrection began not with an air of triumphant gladness, but rather in darkness just before the dawn, in an atmosphere of what the Old Testament refers to elsewhere as a deep, crushing silence. And also, it's important to note, amidst a lingering sense of hopelessness. Indeed, there were no trumpets blaring early on that morning while it was still dark. Nothing at all victorious about Mary Magdalene drawing near to the tomb where Jesus had been buried. All Mary knew in that moment was the enveloping quiet and the heaviness of her heart and soul. This was, in every sense of the word, a funeral processional, a silent walk of death. For Jesus of Nazareth was gone, and Mary's heart was broken. Even as John's gospel tells the story, after Mary had discovered that the stone had been removed from the tomb, even after Simon Peter and the other disciple ran to investigate and saw the linens wrapping lying there, even after that the other disciple saw and believed, what we're left with in this story is the image of Mary all alone in the garden, still weeping. Of course, we all know the rest of the story how the man Mary assumed to be the gardener ends up being the risen Christ, and how Mary's hopelessness became hope unending. My point here, though, is that before that happens, there is that hopelessness, which is not so easily disposed of. And that we can understand, can't we? As the late Dr. William Self once wrote, 
We all have our days when we stand with our dreams in shambles around our feet. Our children go astray. We get the pink slip from our employer, or worse still, the test comes back from the lab as positive. These are the times, Self writes, when everything we've ever wanted, ever worked on, ever sacrificed over, and ever hoped for, simply in whatever circumstance and for whatever reason, falls apart. And you're left to wonder if there really ever was any hope at all. But thanks be to God, there was and there is. The tomb was empty, for Jesus had risen from the dead. And by his resurrection, God gave his people not only the gift of new life in the present, but also the promise of salvation and an eternal home. Ours is the good news of redemption and salvation on a cosmic scale. But perhaps the best part of all is that this applies to each and every one of us individually in the here and now. In the moments when any and all hope seems to be gone forever, now in the risen Christ there is hope and joy and life unending for us. And no matter what happens, that means there's ample reason to celebrate. Actually, you know, in my years as a pastor, there was one other year besides this one that I missed Easter. That was the year back in 2005 when I had to undergo emergency back surgery. You see, I'd had some spinal disc issues that were causing me incredible pain and were getting much, much worse during Holy Week. Moreover, the doctors were concerned for complications and even possible paralysis if something wasn't done soon. So I was told that if I had a plan B for worship on Easter Sunday morning, I'd better put it into action because my surgery was being scheduled for the same hour as sunrise service the next morning. And as you may have already guessed here, even in the horrible pain I was in at that time, there was a hard pill I had to swallow, so to speak. But I really didn't have a choice, so while I was under the knife, Lisa and my oldest son, Jake, along with a layperson from the church, took care of the sunrise service on the beach. And our choir director, who was in seminary at the time, learned how to preach an Easter sermon on the fly. And just like this Easter, when thanks to one of my clergy colleagues and the wonderful lay people of our congregation, everything went fine at the church. And it went fine for me as well as I recovered from surgery. In fact, as I was reminded this time around, I learned something very important that year, that Christ the Lord is risen indeed, whether I show up for worship or not. All of this to say that this past couple of weeks has served as a wonderful reminder for me that Easter Sunday does not come to an end once Easter Monday morning arrives and you and I have to return to the busyness of a new week and all the challenges it brings. This joyful Eastertide continues. It continues on today, tomorrow, and in every day that comes. The resurrection happens for you and for me as we move through this new and abundant life that our Lord has given us. In fact, there's no missing Easter, my friends, because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, and by the power of his resurrection, we are given all the hope we will ever need to live full, empowered, and purpose-driven lives, no matter what else happens. 
and for this and so much more. Alleluia. And thanks be to God. And that brings us to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.